Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're here to help you focus on Christ. That's right. I want to start this week uh, by telling you a story. Um, This is a true story. Uh, There was a young man in India, and this would have been about 25 years ago. He was a thief. And as it happened, he had stolen from the wrong people. <laughs> and so he's on the run for his life. And he sees a crowd and he thinks, I'm going to go hide in this crowd. And so he runs over. Well, the crowd was people packed around a church. Um, you know, I've been to India and we did a church ded- dedication over there. And the church, um, gosh, it was probably... Mm, you know, maybe three times the size of my garage, you know, not, not exactly a, a large building. And it was crammed full. Um, they had all the chairs full and then people sitting on the floors. And then they had a tent outside and chairs in the tent, and that was full. And then there were people just standing around the building. And that's what I pictured this crowd being like. And so this man runs to this crowd, and he's hiding in the crowd, and, and he's, he's looking over his shoulder, and he, can't, he, he just needs to get where he can't be found or they can't get him. He manages to wiggle his way through the crowd and sneak into the building, and he ducks into the back corner of the building, and he hears a story about himself. This is the story that this man hears and that he relates to himself. I'm going to let Jack start it off. Uh, we all can relate to the story of the prodigal son, Amen. I think, because probably in different, uh, different levels, degrees, we've all run away. Yeah. Uh, run away from God, per se. Uh, yeah, uh, I think this is an interesting story, John, because actually Jesus tells three parables here. And uh, what they have in common is something's been lost. And uh, we see the importance of what is lost and the effort that goes into finding what is lost. It starts with the lost sheep. And there's a famous uh, passage of scripture there where the Shepherd leaves the 90 and 9 and goes out to find the one sheep that was lost. And then the lost coin, a woman who loses a coin, and now the lost son. And uh, the lost son uh, is the story of a young man, the youngest son uh, of a pretty well-to-do man who has a lot. And he wants his inheritance Uh, before he really deserves it, even though he ever would have deserved the inheritance. Uh, And the father gives him uh, a lot of money, and he goes off into what the Bible calls the far country. And he spends that money in uh, riotous living. He gathers around him friends that basically are his friends uh, as long as the money holds out. And uh, then when the money is gone, uh, they are not there. The one thing uh, that I guess I'll get as far as to say this, uh, that happened uh, was a famine hit. And this famine caused people to kind of gather what they could for themselves and for their own, which reminds me of what's starting to happen in our culture today. Uh, We're seeing stories of uh, gas running out at the gas station and uh, people getting angry and tempers beginning to flare 
so that they can get theirs for themselves and protect themselves. I saw a picture of a guy that pulled up with a truck with a trailer with about a 500-gallon container, and he was filling up this 500-gallon container with gas. Uh, My wife and I were in the store the other day and saw the guy uh, that had gotten all of his uh, cart was filled with toilet paper. He was hoarding the toilet paper. So whether it's hoarding gas or toilet paper, the nature of us, I think, as human beings is to get what is ours so that we can make sure we take care of myself and my own. And uh, that's kind of what happened. When the famine came and when things weren't readily available, everybody started providing for themselves, which left this young man out in the cold. Yeah, because he was spent. Yeah, the only place that he could find to do anything was in the pigsty, feeding some guy's pigs, and he's eating the husks of of corn that were left that the pigs were eating. Pods, the pods, or something like that. And uh, tide pods, probably. Then he comes to himself and says, "Hey, being a servant in my father's house would be better than this place, because a Jewish boy in a pen full of pigs uh, would have been pretty bad, right? Right. And uh, so he comes to himself. How much of the story do you want me to tell? Let me pause for one okay, second pause, on that because well, you know, one of the reasons I brought this story up is because Jack awakened me to the idea of thinking about this more from Middle Eastern uh, first century Jewish culture um, because we hear the story and you know we tend to contemporize everything and bring it to, uh, you know, what it means to us. And that's important. You know, need, we need to make things relevant to, so that we understand them and can apply them in our lives. But we also need to understand the context. And just a couple things contextually. First off, when he says to his father uh, that he wants his inheritance, in that culture, in that time, that was like saying, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead and because I don't care anything about you. I just want what you can give me and let me have it now. That was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And what, what should have happened in that culture in that moment is that son should have been banished. Not here's, here's your inheritance. Go enjoy yourself. But you're not my son. Get out of here. With no money. Yeah, with no money. That, that's what should have happened in that culture and in that time. Um, so it, Jesus, as he's telling this story, and you remember, he's, he's got a first century Jewish audience here. And when he's telling this story, he's building them up. And, and I mean, I could feel their anger. They're starting to seethe because everything he's saying about this young man makes them hate him because he's the scum of the earth. And then to top it off, He's feeding pigs and jealous for their food. I mean, okay, the idea of raising pigs, you know, I mean, that made you unclean. You couldn't enter the temple courts if you had touched a pig. You couldn't eat pork, you know. And so the whole thing is setting them up to hate this kid. (laughs) Yeah, and and I think that's... uh... Uh, same thing when one strays away of the sheep, when you start that. Right. Well, why would you leave the 99 faithful sheep right. who stay in the fold, who, who aren't causing any problems, risk them to go out after this one ratty sheep that's disobedient and rebellious? Same thing with the, yeah. with the young boy. Why yeah. would you even worry about him after he showed his true colors, what he'd done? 
So if you continue on with the story, you'll see that we, we believe that the father was probably standing, gazing over the, the horizon every day, praying, hoping that boy would come home. Because when he comes to himself in the pigsty, saying to himself, it would be better to be a servant in my father's house than to be here in this pigsty, uh, feeding pigs and eating their food. Uh, he comes to himself. We would say that's a sort of a repentance, but really it's probably just a, a pathetic feeling sorry for himself to the point that anything would be better. And the only thing that he could think of that might save his life is his father. He didn't expect his father to forgive him the way he did, because when he comes home, the father sees him in the distance and runs to his son and throws his arms around him and gives him the ring signifying once again he is his son and throws a big party for him and rejoices. Which John, by the way, the thing that is the same in all three of these parables is the fact that when the sheep was found, brought home, when the coin was found, and when the son comes home and once again is found, there is rejoicing. Party. There is a party, <laughs> okay? Right. A party in heaven and on earth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, bring, bring the friends in. It's time to rejoice and to celebrate because what was lost is now found. And this is worthy of celebration. And none more important than the, the story of the, the prodigal son. Uh, should I continue the end? Of oh, it? you're doing great. So the end of it is that yeah. uh, the well. Let me tell you a story. I used to know a, a, a lady who uh, used to be the best storyteller in children's ministry history. Mm-hmm. Her name was Joni Grimm. Joni Grimm was in the Atlanta area, and she used to tell stories to children in revivals and children's meetings. She was real expressive, and you know you can yeah, picture absolutely. the lady and all over. And so she was telling these children the story of the prodigal son and being very expressive and and inflecting in her voice and getting excited and getting, you know, just had those children enthralled and told the story. And then she would ask questions to see if the kids had listened to the story. And her question was, who was upset when the prodigal son came home? Now, what we know is that the older son was upset because the elder son uh, saw this boy as everyone else in Jew in the, the Jewish you know culture would have seen him as a horrible retro, you know retribute, and uh, he says to his father, "Hey, why didn't you throw me a party? I've been here, been faithful, been working for you. You never throw a party for me." Which then the father says, "But you were with me all the time." You had fellowship with me all the time. Mm -hmm. How can you feel this? But the answer that the little child gave, ooh, I know who was upset when the prodigal son came home. The fatted calf. (laughs) Well, the fatted calf was the one thing. that was coming. Yeah, he got killed and he became food (laughs) for the party. So I think that's a good answer. The fatted calf was really upset when the prodigal son came home. But uh, no, the older son... And uh, so what I, what I see from this prodigal son, uh, first of all, you have to see the heart of God, the father. And I think that any of you who are a father who truly loves your children or your grandchildren um, 
can honestly understand a little bit of the heart of God in uh, desiring more than anything to have your son back. If your son left, to have your son back uh, would be the thing that would uh, be in your heart more than anything else. A father would learn that um, happiness, joy is not found in the quality of the material things or uh, financial gain, but uh, the greatest gift, the greatest thing in this world is the love of family and friends, and most importantly, the love of God our Father. Uh, why would we risk that relationship for any amount of money? Just put put in a number. It's not worth it. Right. Not worth it. Right. So I, I picture this story in, in one other way, and that is that this son finally knew who his father was. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he says to him at the beginning, basically, I wish you were dead. I just want your money. Um, but then when he comes back, this, this father who he has rejected and run away from embraces him. I just can't imagine what that young man would have felt. So to wrap up the, the story we started with, um, you know, this isn't one of those cheesy little, um, you know, he came to Jesus that moment kind of stories. Um, no, the guy that was a thief that was hiding in the church in India, um, he heard that story and, you know, was only half paying attention, but the story stuck. And as time went on, he kept thinking that over and over. Why is that? Well, that's because of the Holy Spirit. We discount the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working on that young man, and he kept hearing that pastor's words, and he kept hearing that story, and he started seeing himself as that prodigal son. And uh, it was a period of months and months before he came to know Christ. Um, And the reason I know the story is because the young man ultimately became a pastor and then shared that story about with himself. me about himself. So, Well, to me, uh, I would just say to anyone who is still listening to this podcast, we thank you very much for doing that. Um, both of I, you. I, yes, both of you. I've had so many people uh, in my life that have come up to me when I've said, you need to come back to the Lord. You need to come back to Jesus, or you need to come Jesus to Jesus in the first place. And they will say, oh, no, the roof to the church would fall down if I came back in, you know. Or, uh, no, I, I can't go into the church. People would uh, reject me and turn from me and, and wouldn't accept me. And I would say, that is so far from the truth, I can't even tell you. Um, I believe that if you would come and come back into the the place of where you are with God's people, uh, with the Lord's people, and uh, understand forgiveness and acceptance and uh, making you a part uh, of the family of God, forgiven, redeemed, and uh, looking forward to eternal life together with Him. Uh, I think we need to look at the eternal nature of God once again and look at the fact that everyone needs the Lord, no matter where they've been or what they've done. They're important to God. He gave His Son to die for the world, for all of mankind. So come back if you're gone, and come if you've never come before. Uh, He would receive you with open arms. Good words, Jack. Good words. 
Thank you again for joining us at the Jack and John podcast. Um, you can connect with us through connect at Jack and John podcast.com. That's our email address. Um, love having you. Thanks.